Mark chapter number 10, and if you're able to physically stand, if you would do so in reverence and respect for the reading of God's Word, Mark chapter 10, we're going to finish Mark chapter 10 today. Yay! We're making our way through this. Mark chapter number 10. And uh, we're going to start reading in verse, verse number 45, even though my text is really verse 46 through verse 52, but uh, we're going to read starting in verse 50, 45 and read down through the end of the chapter. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, the Bible says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called a blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Lord, thank you for the service thus far. Thank you for all that you've done in our hearts already. And now, Lord, as we turn our attention to your word, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to understand what your word is saying and then to apply it to our own life, to not just be good hearers, but now good doers of what you have to say to us. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today we come to a very special passage in the Word of God to me. You see, this was the text of the very first sermon that I ever preached in my life. I was about 20 years old in Bible college and was asked to preach to a bunch of teenagers on a late Sunday afternoon before the evening service. I had about 25 minutes to preach. I was told, and I remember getting up there so very nervous... And uh, when I got up there, I preached, and I preached, and I preached, and I preached, and I closed the sermon after only about 10 minutes. (laughs) I preached all I could preach, and uh, and the youth leader then had to get up and kill another 15 minutes before the evening service started, and he had to kind of re-preach it, and re-preached it better than I preached it the first time. Um, And so, anyway, if you're hoping for another 10-minute message, uh, sorry to disappoint you. This might be a little longer than that, and I actually brought with me uh, my my notes for that one, and there's a huge coffee stain on that one. I think that's a huge coffee stain that goes through all the different pages of the notes, but these are my notes from that first one, uh, and uh, that that was before the days of iPads, so... um, Anyway, this is a special passage of Scripture because, again, this was my first sermon that I ever preached. And, and uh, it was my first sermon that I ever preached, but as you look through the Gospel of Mark and study it out, this is actually the last recorded healing miracle in the book of Mark. 
And we've seen several, but this is the last healing miracle. There'll be others as we go through, but this is the last time that Jesus heals somebody physically um, in the book of Mark. Um, and the title of the message this morning is, Was Blind, But Now I See. And of course, we're reminded of the song we just sung a moment ago with amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Once was blind, but now I see. And, and Bartimaeus here in the, the, the key character, uh, well, one of the key characters in this passage, um, he was blind, but then uh, he was able to see. And with that in mind, I want to jump into this passage this morning and uh, look at blind Bartimaeus and, and learn a little bit about him and what happened to him. And of course, as we look into his life, we can see some things regarding our own life. First of all, uh, let's look this morning at his condition. The Bible says in verse 46, they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. A few things we can learn about Bartimaeus from this passage. First, we see that he was a blind man. He was a blind man. I read about a, a blind man who was walking around Walmart, and he stopped. And uh, he seemed to be doing all right until he started spinning his seeing eye dog around his head on his leash. I mean, that would stop anybody in its tracks. Like, what's going on here? Sales lady walks over to this man and says, can I help you? And the blind man replied, no, thanks. I'm just looking around. So thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Uh, now, blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus was blind. And one thing that was interesting about it is he knew that he was blind. He knew that he was blind. Um, while he couldn't see with his eyes, at least he wasn't blinded to his need and to his problem. There are many today who are blind to their need as well. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 3, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the Light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So uh, there are a lot of people in this world who can see with their eyes, but they're spiritually blinded to the fact that they're in desperate need of a Savior. They think they're good people, and they don't need anybody else. They don't need God. They don't need uh, saving. And yet, no matter how good people think they are, according to the Scriptures, uh, our condition is very clear. Here's what the a word of God says in the book of Romans, we read these words, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And as I look across this room today, I see some good-looking people. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how good-looking look, good we are, we are all still sinners in the eyes of God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, even me and yes, even you. I was reading about the captain of the unsinkable ship named, ship named the Titanic. Most of us are familiar with the Titanic. The captain of that ship refused to believe that the ship was in trouble until water was ankle deep in the mail room. And only then was it apparent that the multi-layered hole had been pierced and the unsinkable ship 
was actually indeed going to sink. And ships that could have arrived before the great ocean liner went down weren't summoned until it was too late. Uh, This captain was blind to the need that was there. And I want to encourage you to not be blind to the need uh, in your own life for the Lord. And Bartimaeus, while he couldn't see, at least he recognized that he couldn't see and that he needed someone, and particularly God, to help him in the situation he was in. So he was a blind man, but then he was also a begging man. In verse number 46, we see this blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, he sat by the highway side begging. See, as a result of his blindness, Bartimaeus was forced to beg. In our day and age, the world has gotten better, uh, thankfully, for those who uh, have special needs. Nowadays, those who can't hear or see or walk are still able to find ways to work and manage in life. But back in that day, not so much. So here we find Bartimaeus sitting on the major thoroughfare, the highway side, begging as he heard people walking by. He was dependent upon the sympathy and generosity of others. This was a very hard life, a life of despair and uncertainty, not knowing that he could pay for his next meal, not knowing uh, how he was going to pay his bills. Now, is that not how each of us were? And as we came out of the womb, we were really in hopeless beggars until Jesus passed by us. Uh, I had heard of him, but I had never met him. I knew what Jesus could do, but I had never called out to him. But thank God, as a 12-year-old young man, on Christmas night, I realized my condition, that I was a blind beggar like Bartimaeus was, and cried out to Jesus, and he came and healed me. So Bartimaeus was blind. He was a blind man. He was a begging man. But thankfully, uh, thirdly, we see that he was a believing man. Verse number 47 The Bible tells us, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth passing by there, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, someone said to Helen Keller, they said, what a pity you have no sight. To which she replied, yes, but what a pity so many have sight but cannot see. It's a wise statement. And while he was blind physically, spiritually he understood better than the people there who had physical sight. When he cried out in verse number 47, Jesus, thou son of David, he was referencing to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of David. And interesting to know that the nation of Israel was blind to the presence of their Messiah, And one blind Jew sitting on the side of a road had true spiritual sight. And somehow Bartimaeus had heard how Jesus healed others in the past. No doubt word began to spread. It went viral as to who Jesus was and to what he was doing. And now he heard uh, all the commotion of the crowd as this crowd of followers of Jesus and Jesus coming his way. And he believed that not only that Jesus could heal him, but that he would Heal him. He was a believing man. Can I ask you this morning, do you still believe that the Lord can intervene and do mighty things? 
but can he see you through the trial or difficulty you're experiencing right now? Can he do that? I mean, but, you, but what you're experiencing, that's, that's too big for God, isn't it? No, it's not. Nothing is too difficult for him. Why? Because he uh, created the heaven and the earth with the spoken word. Look, he can handle anything that comes into our life. And he was able to heal blind Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus knew that, recognized that, and believed that Jesus would. Well, what, what about, what, will God take care of us in the coming days? I mean, when you read the news or listen to the news or watch the news, it looks pretty grim, doesn't it? Do you believe that God will take care of you? I mean, the nation of Israel, God did some pretty miraculous things to uh, help them through, help them out of Egypt. You think of the ten plagues and all those things, and then and then the parting of the Red Sea. I mean. The, the future looked very grim for the nation of Israel. And yet God took care of them. He's going to take care of us. Let's believe that. Uh, Bartimaeus believed that God would take care of him as well and that he would heal him. Hebrews eleven six, the Bible says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And as we are going to learn about Bartimaeus, he was a man who diligently sought the Lord. Now, while Bartimaeus didn't make it into the hall of faith there in Hebrews chapter 11, he did still express great faith in believing that Jesus would have mercy on him. So we see Bartimaeus and his condition. But then I want us to see, secondly here, as we make our way through this passage, we see his cry. Verse 47 because of his condition and because of his belief in the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus, Bartimaeus cried out in verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, and I'm pretty sure it did not sound like this, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. No, there was passion. There was fervency. There was earnestness and passion in his prayer. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He cried out. Now, notice uh, Bartimaeus was used to asking for money, wasn't he? Uh, change to spare, uh, alms for the poor. I'm not sure what he said there, but uh, some way he was usually asking for money. But now he cries out, not for money, but for mercy. In verse 47, he says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't say, Jesus, give me money. I don't need just another uh, rent paid. I, I need your mercy. See, more than another few bucks or any amount of money, he needed the mercy and touch of God in his life. And isn't that the same with us? While we may need some specific type of provision, more than that, we need the mercy of God. But in verse 48, notice he was shushed. Verse 48 says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Bartimaeus, shush. You need to quiet down. 
don't bother Jesus. He's a little busy, don't you know? He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on the way, he's on, he's on his way to become the sacrifice for mankind. He doesn't have time for little old you. He was shushed. But not only was he shushed, he was steadfast. Because <laughs> verse 48, many charged him that he should hold his peace. But did that sway him? Absolutely not. Verse 48, but he cried out the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. So he took it up a few notches in the decibel level and uh, made it louder. They were trying to quiet him down and that had kind of a reverse effect. It backfired. <laughs> Instead, he cried out louder than he did before. You see, he didn't quit praying. Jesus didn't stand still after the first time he prayed. The prayer didn't get answered the first time. How many of us, we pray once and we kind of go like, well, I guess he didn't hear me. So I'll just give up. Maybe we could learn a lesson from this blind man who says, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to be persistent in my prayers. James 5.16 tells us that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so uh, Bartimaeus cries out to the Lord Jesus. But notice thirdly here, not only his condition, his cry, but I want us to look at his comfort here in verse 49. As he cries out one time loud, the second time even louder, Look what the Bible says in verse 49, and I love these first four words of that verse. And Jesus stood still. It, it, you just pause and think about it for a sec, quick second. As I mentioned a moment ago, Jesus is getting very close to Jerusalem. In fact, in just a few verses, we will see if you go to, uh, um, uh, where did it go? In verse number 11 of chapter 11, there it is. It says, and Jesus entered in Jerusalem. So just a few verses later, we find that Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. And this is where it all comes down to, where Jesus is going to become the sacrifice for mankind. He's going to lay down his life as our substitute on the cross. And so the weight of what he was about to do was no doubt on his mind. And, and this is an important uh, journey that he is on. But the cry of this poor beggar man stopped Jesus in his tracks. Wow. While no one thought that Jesus should be bothered by this insignificant and incapable person, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Now, if you notice in verse number 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man. Who are they? Now, I don't know for sure, for sure on this. The Bible doesn't give us exactly who they is. But knowing Jesus, I like to think that the ones he commanded to call Bartimaeus were the ones, the same ones who were earlier telling him to be quiet. Now, I can't, I can't prove that for sure, uh, but in my mind's eye, as I imagine this playing out, that that's what happened, and, and I could be wrong on that. The Lord might correct me and say, that's not what happened. But uh, I, I just, either way, whether it was them or, or somebody else, either way, it was known that these guys were telling him to be quiet, to just 
shut his trap and not bother Jesus. He's a busy man. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Either way, Jesus stopping there and commanding that these uh, that Bartimaeus would be called to come to him, no doubt was a powerful uh, made a powerful point to everyone there that Jesus does indeed have time for those who are down and out. Aren't you thankful for that? Because the truth of the matter is, all of us are a little down and out at times, aren't we? God has time for us for those who are despised by everybody else. Uh, the rest of the disciples were like, Bartimaeus, would you leave him alone? He doesn't have time for some uh, poor beggar. He does have time for those who are down and out and for those who are despised, for those who are desperate, for those who desperately need his touch, and especially for those who display great faith in him. And so they went and called for Bartimaeus to come to Jesus, verse 49. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, and these words, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. I... Maybe it was like, settle down, he's calling for you. <laughs> um, it's all good, he, he wants you to come to him. And can you, can you imagine the joy that he felt in that moment? After all these years, and, and we don't know how long he, uh, how old he was and how long he'd uh, been with this blindness, probably from his birth. And now there's like hope brought into his heart. All of a sudden, it, it, it was there when when he heard that Jesus was coming by. But but now as he says, OK, you want me to come to you? Can you imagine the joy that he felt? Because Jesus, the miracle worker, was now calling for him and called that he would come to him. Jesus had taken time for a blind beggar. He was genuinely concerned with the needs of Bartimaeus, and he's genuinely concerned with the needs of all of our lives. He knows what you need right now more than you know what you need. And he says, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth for thee. By the way, friend, sir, ma'am, be of good comfort. He's calling for you, too, to come to him. Yeah, he wants you. He desires you. I know in all your, all your sin and all the, the mistakes and all the regret and your past and all of it, he wants you and he's calling for you. Will you get up and come? Rise, he calleth thee. And then verse 50 says, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Remember that rich man earlier in this chapter? who came to Jesus and says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes and lists some of the commandments, and he's like, all of these I have done for my youth. Okay, well, now I want you to go and get rid of everything you own. Come and follow me. And the rich man went away sad, grieved, because he had great possessions. Bartimaeus, all he had was his garments. It probably a, a large uh, covering to help with the weather and, and all of that. And he, 
he, he takes that and says, I don't need that anymore. I don't want anything to hinder me from coming to Jesus. Quite, quite a different story than the young rich ruler. Bartimaeus was willing to let go of his garment, the one thing that provided protection and, and provision and a little bit of comfort. He was willing to let that go in order so he could come to Jesus. A little different. He was willing to throw everything aside so he can get to the Lord Jesus. And he's comforted in the fact that he can have an audience with the Lord Jesus, the one who potentially could heal him from this blindness. And so we see his comfort. But then fourthly, uh, let's look at his cure. In verse 51, as Bartimaeus was face to face with the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, the son of David, Jesus answered and said unto him, Okay, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Verse 52, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. Now, at that moment, as Bartimaeus opens his eyes and is able to see for the very first time, guess who he was looking at? Guess who the first person that Bartimaeus got to see in his life? The Lord Jesus. By the way, before he saw him physically, he saw him spiritually. Another good title for this message is Believing is Seeing. And because he was able to see Jesus spiritually, then he got to see physically. I remember when, uh, and I've shared this before, when I first uh, realized that I was getting old. It's been... uh, I've been reminded of that pretty, pretty frequently recently. My getting my senior discount at Taco Bell, and then going to uh, teen camp with these uh, young people on Thursday. We got there a little early and had time to play some nine square with a bunch of other teens. And I was in there and I was playing and having a good time and just trying to be a good, you know, dad and pastor, you know. And then when I got out. Um, one of the other kids that was there was like, oh, the old guy got out. I'm like, Who, who's the old guy? I'm looking around, and I'm like, how come, how, am I the oldest? I'm the oldest guy here. They must be referring to me. And then, and then they said, senior citizen, somebody did. And I'm like, these teenagers need to get right with God. You know, the lightning from God needs to come down and strike some of these young people. Well, I remember remember when I was uh, back in my, I guess, late 20s, it was, was when uh, my eyesight wasn't what I thought it should be, and and I decided, okay, it's probably time for me to get some glasses, and I didn't really want to go through the whole process because I didn't want to spend money, and I thought, my, I could see just fine, and I was just in denial. I was blind to my bad eyesight. Well, I finally go to the doctor and get the, and, and I remember going through the, the different, okay, remember you go to the, the, the eye doctor and they have you stand there and they have you cover one eye and say, okay, read the chart. I'm like, where's the chart? <laughs> They're like, over here. 
way over there? Oh, no, I'm going to need glasses for sure. And I tried to guess and tried to get it all right so I didn't have to get glasses and failed the test. They're like, okay, yeah, we're going to need to, uh, you're, you're, you're going to need some glasses. So they, they put me in that big machine. And, and for those who have glasses, you, you know the whole process. Is this one better or is this one better? Is this one better or is this one better? And I'm like, okay. And uh, going through all that and hoping I get it right, you know, because I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm nervous. <laughs> I hope I got that one right. <laughs> well, finally, the glasses come in the mail and I put them on and I'm like, whoa. You know, I'm like, look at the clarity. And I look at my wife and I'm like, Man, I knew you were beautiful, but man, now you're, wow. Yes, she's shaking her head no, yes. And I remember standing at the back of the auditorium in the church we were in there, and I was in charge of the screens, and I was like, oh, wow, I can see those screens pretty good. And I'm like, it probably wasn't good that I didn't have glasses. I'm in charge of the screens. Uh, maybe it was good so that if I could see it, everybody could see it. But still, uh, I just remember life in HD is what I kind of thought. It was like, man, high definition sight again. Well, this guy had never seen before. And the first person that he gets to see is the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice here in verse 52, the Bible says this, and immediately he received his sight. And of course, that's one of Mark's favorite words, isn't it? Straightway and immediately. It didn't take a couple hours to set in. Immediately he received his sight. I, I'm, I'm thankful that when God heals our spiritual blindness, he does so immediately. He saves us in an instant. And it's done in an instant. By the way, the phrase, thy faith hath made thee whole, in verse 52, literally means your faith has saved you. So Bartimaeus came for physical healing and received spiritual healing as well. Jesus always gives more than we expect, and uh, he was never the same after that moment. He now saw with his physical eyes, but more importantly, he now saw uh, spiritually within his heart. Now Ephesians uh, 2, 8, and 9 tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, our spiritual vision is what matters most, and his faith was key to his cure. And faith is the key to our spiritual healing as well. Salvation will change you instantly, completely, and eternally. Jesus is the only way. No one else can provide your healing, and Bartimaeus knew that. John 14, 6 says, No man, I'm sorry, uh, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And we see his cure. And then lastly, and finally, this morning, let's look at his choice. Verse 52. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Bartimaeus once was blind, but now he sees. But now he has a choice to make. He could go his own way and make a living now that he can see, now that he can function better. He could enjoy his own life. Well, what would he do? Well, he followed Jesus in the way. You see, he had a choice to go his own way or to follow Jesus in 
his way. You know, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, we have all the same choice in our lives. I could go my way or I could go his way. Which one is it going to be? And we have that choice every day to make. Will I go my way or I will go his way? Bartimaeus said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to follow the one who changed my life and set me free from my blindness. I'm going to follow him. Where are the Christians who would follow the one who saved them and gave himself for them to give them spiritual side and freedom? Who say, you've set me free. You've given me spiritual sight and you've cured me from uh, my, the bondage of my sin and y- y- you've met my greatest need. I'm not going to go and just do my own thing anymore. Now I'm going to follow you. 2 Corinthians 5.15, Paul said it this way, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. 1 Peter 4.2 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Bartimaeus said, hey, I'm not going to just go my own way. No, no, I'm going to follow you. And he followed him, and we don't know exactly, this is the only place in the Bible Bartimaeus is mentioned, but we can only assume that he followed Jesus into Jerusalem and perhaps was even there at the cross as Jesus died for him. Bartimaeus said, I'm not going to stay here on the side of the road begging anymore. No, no, I'm getting up and I'm going to go follow the one who set me free. May the Lord help us to have that same attitude and that same heart To say, I'm going to follow the one who set me free. Charles Wesley wrote the words to the beloved hymn that we sing here at Cornerstone many times. And can it be? My favorite stanza in that song is, Long my imprisoned spirit lay. It was fast bound in sin and nature's night. But thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flame with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. And I rose... And I went forth, and I went my own way. No, that's not the lyrics to the song, is it? I rose, went forth, and followed thee. See, when we recognize all that God has done in our lives, why wouldn't we want to, how could we not desire to follow him after all he's done for us? Bartimaeus said, I'm not going to go my own way. I'm going to go your way and follow Jesus in the way. Now, Jesus passed by Bartimaeus for the last time before heading to Jerusalem. Bartimaeus didn't really recognize that this was the last time, but it was his last chance to be healed. And you know what? He didn't waste it. He cried out so much the more for God's mercy. Can I say this? One day it will be the last chance for you to call out to him to save you. This today could be your last chance. It might not be. You may have many other chances. But honestly, it could be your last chance. Could be. So if you're here today and you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and called out to him for mercy, can I encourage you to make that decision today? Because... You have an opportunity, like Bartimaeus did, 
And he didn't waste it. And I hope you don't waste it either. Proverbs 21, 7 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. No one knows what the rest of today holds. You say, I've got plans. I'm coming back for cold church tonight at 5 o'clock. I hope that is part of your plan. But the truth is, none of us are guaranteed another day, another moment. And so Isaiah 55 and verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Today you have an opportunity. Tomorrow you may not have another opportunity. So let's seize the opportunity that you have today, like Bartimaeus did. And you know what? It completely changed his life and changed his direction. And uh, he ended up following Jesus in the way. And you know what? I guarantee he didn't regret it. He was glad to follow the Lord wherever he was leading. And I want to encourage those of us who've been saved to keep following the Lord, no matter where he's leading. You say, I don't like where you're going. Uh, going to the cross wasn't exactly a vacation. And yet Bartimaeus was headed there because that's where Jesus was going. And he was willing to go. Uh, let's, let's keep following. Let's keep following. And uh, I'm thankful for the, the, my, the man who was blind but now sees. And I'm thankful that one day when I was 12 years old, I was spiritually blind. But that was the day that I was able to receive a spiritual sight. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, come to Jesus today while you can, while you have an opportunity. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the time together today in your word to look at this man who was blind but was now able to see. Lord, thank you for Bartimaeus. And in spite of his condition, he had a tremendous faith in you and was willing to cry out to you. Lord, I pray you'd increase our faith. Lord, I know that we are going through some difficult times and some are going through some deep waters personally. Lord, I pray that their faith in you would, uh, would be increased. Lord, that they would recognize that you have the power and the ability to see them through what they're going through. And then, Lord, Lord us as a church, as, as we look ahead um, to per potential uh, persecution down the road, help us, Lord, to continue following and recognizing that you're able to see us through that. And Lord, as we consider some of the things going on in this world and where our country is headed, Lord, help us to trust you, to recognize that you're able to see us through all of those things. And Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that's never trusted Christ as their Savior, I pray, Lord, today would be the greatest day of their life. Lord, may they make this decision today while they can, while they have an opportunity knowing that they may not get another one. So, Lord, help them to seize this opportunity like Bartimaeus did. Our heads are bowed, our eyes closed, and we're going to um, play and sing uh, a song here called Pass Me Not. Miss um, Pat, if you go ahead and begin playing. And as she, as she does, I want to encourage you to have a time of prayer and decision there in your seat, and then in just a few minutes we'll sing this song together as we're uh, dismissed today.